0: The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D-Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women Make it out the other side. The Happy Even After
1: podcast. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I am here today with Christy Huss, who is a mom of six daughters, including quadruplets. Holy cow. Wife and business owner. And as her children were growing up, it was important to her to be both a role model and show her daughters that they could accomplish their own dreams as she built a career while balancing motherhood. She wrote the book Empty Besting Breakthrough 12 Empty Nest Myths So That You Can Adopt New Truths and Live Your Best Life. It's Christy's mission to facilitate transformational, incredible experiences for women to enter the next phase. Of their life with confidence. Hey, Christy, welcome.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me. So
1: let me just start. How did you kind of find yourself in the space of talking about empty nesting and writing this book? Like what, what's your background?
0: Well, I'm a travel advisor by day. I've been doing that for over 20 plus years. And balancing motherhood and my career was always something I found myself reevaluating as mm-hmm. I had more and more kids, especially after I had the quads. And when I was faced with the empty nest, I kind of started examining what my next phase of my life looked like. And in that, I had to start working on what it was that I wanted to get back to for me, which was writing. So I knew I always wanted to write a book and I had several books in me. And because I was just recently going to be an empty nester, I thought that's the first subject I'm going to tackle. Mm. How old are your kids? So they're 25, 24. And then the quadruplets will be their twenty so they are
1: officially out of the house, or did they bounce back like they all well, do? <laughs> they do
0: kind of bounce back. I call it empty nest whiplash. you get kind of yeah. used to you kind of get used to them being gone and they're away at school, and then they come home for the holidays, which is yep. fun, but it's a little bit different when they come home, of course, and then they go back up to school and home for the holidays, some are mm-hmm. home for the summer, some are not, so you kind of go through phases before they're like all officially out of the house.
1: So what did you go through when you got to that point when it was like, okay, the last one, the last four are out, and now I am officially an empty nester? Like, what kind of emotions were you experiencing?
0: Well, I think like a lot of people I talked to, I was kind of in denial. You just kind of, you're in it, you're busy, you're ready to have all those senior milestones and you're kind of just tied up in the emotions and the investing in what they're going through. And when they were seniors, that's when COVID first hit. So all of a sudden they were at home 24 seven. So we just went through a lot of really weird time because of the pandemic where all the stuff we thought we were going to go through, we didn't get to go through. So my work also came kind of to a standstill, my travel business. And so I just had a lot of time on my hands to all of a sudden really sit there and think, what is this going to look like for me? So I had to kind of face that denial and and get to work on myself. Mm.
1: So what is a myth that people have about being an empty nester?
0: So I think a lot of the myths are that it's going to be a sad and lonely time, that you lose your purpose and your identity. Those are some real biggies. I think that's something we kind of have to work on, that everyday life is going to be boring, like your best years are past. There's, there's so many, and I think it depends who you talk to, but I would say probably the biggest would be the purpose and identity factor.
1: Mm. So in what way? Can you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, that your purpose of being a mom, you're really lost now that you feel like, now what is my purpose? Even if you have a successful career or you've got other things going for you, I think that's filled in as our primary purpose as a mom, that when they're ready to leave the house, you kind of find yourself questioning who I am and what am I meant to do? Like, is is this it? <laughs> Yeah, right.
1: So what does someone do then if someone I have friends who are going through that right now, my son is still in high school, but starting to think about college, my stepkids are in college. And I have a lot of friends who are at that point in their life too, where their kids are off and about to leave or some have left and they've all kind of handled it in different ways. Like some people have really struggled with it. And some people have just flowed with it and like, all right, great. Now I'm going to start traveling and do all of these things. But for the person who's really struggling with that, what did they do in order to kind of tap into who they were before their identity was, you know, mainly mom?
0: Right. So I think we all kind of, like you mentioned, we struggle with different things. Some people are going to have, you know, have it worse in some areas than another. So for someone to say, well, this is what you need to do. That's going to be different for each person. What I kind of think is to kind of simplify it is break things into like four quadrants. So One being your health and wellness, that's quadrant one. Another being your career and your hobbies, Another being your relationships with either your partner, your friendships. And then the last one being your spiritual with your, either your faith, your mindset, your connection with yourself. So kind of evaluate those four quadrants and number them and and figure out which one do you got? Which one you have good and then which one are you struggling with the most and maybe tackling that first one first. So if if it's your career and your hobbies and your passion, then that's what you're going to really start to work on and try to dig down and see see what, uh, I guess, what you're passionate about. Mm.
1: And, you know, I I feel like in the, this is a podcast where most people who are listening are going through a divorce or have been divorced. And I feel like this is the one area where the divorcee has like a little bit of a leg up on this because we've gotten accustomed to having that extra time. And like, what do we do on those weekends and sort of rediscovering ourselves a little bit sooner than we may have had we not come out the other side. And your advice is very similar to what I tell people too, is what is, what's on your bucket list? What's the thing that you always wanted to do and never had time to do like now you can start to do that. So, Christy, let me ask you what did you which one of those quadrants did you start working on first?
0: So, I think for me it was the purpose like my passion and my hobbies. So, even though I love my career and it was very fulfilling to me, I found myself when I faced the empty nest thinking I wanted more and you know for everybody you know your career might not be enough your relationships might not be enough even your friendships so for me i really delved into my passions and my purpose and for me i really discovered that i had this underlying theme of helping people so whether that be through writing a book whether it be, you know, planning an incredible trip, it all came down to helping people. And once my kids left home, of course, I wasn't helping them as much on a day to day basis. So I had to look for other outlets and other ways to help people.
1: Are you seeing a trend of people increasing their traveling once they become empty nesters as well?
0: Absolutely. I think they have more time to travel. They feel less guilty about travel. And they also, you know, especially out of the pandemic, it's kind of like revenge travel, like we haven't been able to travel. (laughs) right? (laughs) Or maybe you can take a longer trip, you know, like before, maybe you were only going to go for a long weekend. And now you can be gone longer because you don't have as many responsibilities at home.
1: Do you have anything, any people or clients who have planned like a really Exciting, awesome trip post empty nesting that you can share? Like, what's your favorite?
0: I think a lot of people will tend to stick closer to, like, maybe Mexico and the Caribbean when their kids are home. And then mm. once their kids empty nest, it's like, send me to Europe. I want to go, yeah. you know, do a big Greek Isle, you know, cruise or. Show me all of Italy. I think, you know, it's more experiential than just like getting away to relax. I think when your kids are home, you're looking more just to like kick back on the beach and relax and then. Once they're gone, you're like, what is there to experience and see? Let me take it all in. So like Europe is big.
1: It's so funny because my husband and I will talk. So my son who's 15 is the youngest. And we kind of joke around. It's like, once I say goodbye to him to go off to college, it's like, all right, what trip are we going on? Like, which airport are we going to and where are we going? And it's like, and the the experience of that trip is not the Caribbean. It's like, I want something, something crazy. I want to be gone for a month. I want to travel and experience all of these different things because for that reason, reason. Cause it's like, all right, everyone's off and they're good and they're in their place. So I love that. What joy have you found in this stage of life? What, what has brought you joy?
0: Well, I feel like getting back to myself is probably the biggest thing that brings me joy. I felt like it wasn't so much like a reinvention of myself, but it mm-hmm. was more of like a uncovering these layers. So over time as a mom, you just like put on these layers, like This is who I am. This is my role. This is my purpose. You know, even this is how I dress because this is how a mom would dress Where I got to wear Mm. all the school wear and the spirit wear. Like everything you do, your hobbies, you're you're going to kids activities. So I feel like once I started to peel back all those layers, I kind of figured out and discovered who I am and what I like to do and who I am as a person outside of that. And it's kind of fun that you realize, you know, I really like that person. I kind of miss I kind of miss hanging out with her. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Can you talk a little bit about relationship and one of those quadrants and in, in rediscovering your joy and your like of your partner or, or maybe dislike too? I mean, that's something that I think comes up a lot. And it's it's I always ask someone who's sort of on the cusp of divorce. It's like, okay, you just sent your last child off to college. And now it's just the two of you. Well, how do you feel about that? Can you speak a little bit on that?
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of empty nesters I talk to, that's either a positive that they are really looking forward to spending more time with their spouse, or it's like a fear, like, oh, no, what are we going to have in common? Maybe they've been kind of putting things on, you know, like just cruise control for a while yeah. and now okay now we got to deal with whatever's going on. So I think it could go both ways, especially if one person is really ready to take on that, you know, transformation or really work on themselves and the other person just, you know, fine with the way things are. I feel like your support system and your friendships, friendship is one, you know, that you think is is fine. Your friends are pretty established, but that can really change as well. Yeah. Because, you know, so much of that is built in by the people that you're spending time with, you know, on the bleachers or that you're hanging out yeah. with your kids' activities. So your, your friendships, you have to be a lot more intentional because your social activities aren't built yeah. in either. So I think it can affect both, you know, relationship with your partner or your friendships. Yeah.
1: We'll be back just after this message. If you are feeling confused and overwhelmed by the divorce process, the D course can help. This video course will educate and empower you to make the best decisions for your future. Taught by an experienced divorce attorney, you will learn everything you need to move forward into your next chapter. Head on over to
0: www.thedecourse.com for more information. You do not have to do this alone.
1: The subtitle of your book is Breakthrough 12 Empty Nest Myths. Can you share some of those?
0: Yeah, sure. So, I broke it up kind of in four quadrants. Again, I'm like, I guess I'm stuck on the number 4. So, <laughs> so I break it up in like special occasions, everyday life, internal voice, inner circle, mm-hmm. and passions. And within Ooh. those four sections, you know, like the inner circle kind of talks about the relationships, the passions talks about the purpose, the identity, and career, so the who, what, and why. And then in the internal voice, you know, we deal with like self-doubt, emotions and control. So I kind of break it down and people can kind of jump around with that, whatever things that they think that they're struggling with the most. So, you know, if it's, you know, the self-doubt, you know, go to that chapter. You don't have to like read it all in sequential order.
1: Mm hmm. Okay. And so can we talk a little bit about your, the book and what inspired you to write it and how long did it take you? Like, I love asking authors what the writing process is for them because it just intrigues me because everyone has such a different version of that. So what was yours?
0: So for me, I'm really structured. I kind of have to hold myself to a timeline and accountability person. And she challenged me to a chapter a week. And she's like, do you think you can do that? And I'm like, well, if you gave me three weeks, I'd take three. If you gave me a month, I'd take a month a chapter. So I set up about a chapter a week knowing that if I didn't hit it, I wasn't going to feel terrible about it. But mm-hmm. I kind of started in mid-March of last year and was done at the beginning of, of the summer. So it, it took me about 12 weeks to finish. Wow. And I guess when I went into thinking about the empty nest, I was a big researcher. So looking everywhere for what I could find on empty nests, And a lot of it seemed really dark and sad. And I was like looking for some like how to guide how to empty nest, you know, in 12 steps. So I couldn't really find what I was looking for. So I decided to kind of create my own. And then I decided, well, and that I could share it with others. So because I wanted to write it, it just kind of all click together that that's what I wanted to do.
1: I poked around Amazon, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of books like this out there. It seems like it's a chapter of your life that most people enter into. And there isn't a whole lot of conversation about it, which I thought was really interesting and fascinating, because everyone experiences that sort of emptiness syndrome at some point and has emotion attached to it. Why do you think that we aren't talking about that?
0: I don't know. It's very, very true. Because you look at all the childhood books when mm-hmm. you know what to expect when you're expecting and right. you have all these, you know, even Mia having multiples, there's all these books about what it's like to have multiples. But you're right with the empty nest. I couldn't find a lot out there that really resonated with me. And I don't know if it's just because we as a society are kind of in denial like that it's going to happen because yeah. everybody's <laughs> going to get there. Right. And then you're all kind of like now what Or everybody's supposed to mm-hmm. think, oh, we got this, you know, it's not that big of an issue. But The more I talk to women, I find out it it is an issue. We all experience a lot of struggles with it. Yeah.
1: I have some friends who are dealing with that, and they have, in turn, started businesses, which I thought was just a really interesting and creative way. They've always wanted to do that and haven't had the time. And they've started businesses making T-shirts and making products and, and doing something that they never thought that they had the time for before. But it's like they're learning something new as they go, which I thought was a really, you know, a great way to to kind of fill up that time. And and I think when you're trying to learn something and educate yourself, like you forget how maybe sad you are because your kid's bedroom is empty or, you know, forget how much time that you now have.
0: Yeah. In my book, I had featured several women called empty besters where I came across many of them because I kind of did like a social media cleanse. And as my kids Mm -hmm. were, you know, getting ready to leave the house, I started unfollowing things that were making me sad about them leaving and kind of looking for people that were in the empty nest that were inspiring to me. So I, I kind of changed my social media landscape and I came across a lot of these women and I I still to this day keep uh, that's why I'm following people that are doing really fun Mm -hmm. things in midlife or in the empty nest and that, you know, bring positivity and connecting with those women because that really helps my mindset and my motivation and you know I love inspiring other women like that as they want to write a book or as they're wanting to start something in the empty nest even if they've never done it before.
1: So were you unfollowing friends? Did they know that you were unfollowing them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> some of them, I mean, I don't know if they knew or you you just kinda hide them. But like yeah. even things like some of the club like the club sports teams or the high school stuff. It's not that I'm not a fan of you know, where my kids went to school, but the more I would look at, oh, this game or this outcome, it would just make me miss those days. So I found just not seeing it was better than having it, you know, right in front of my face. Yeah.
1: So I imagine with six kids, six girls, like the house must have felt so stark and so quiet. Did you ever have a moment just sitting there and taking it in and being like, like, what were your thoughts in that moment?
0: Like first real kind of moment where I was really shaken was I had never really been good for even going for a walk by myself. Mm -hmm. So I'd always had either with my friend or my husband or one of the girls, especially because, you know, they were home during COVID. We would go and take my dogs for a walk. So I never really went for a walk by myself. So that first time I went for like a solo walk, I was kind of terrified. And I met this woman we always met. And she looked at me, she goes, where's your squad? And I was like fighting back tears. Like I can't even go for a walk by myself. So Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the first realizations that hit me. But I started really at that point, I was never into podcasts. It was a little over a year ago and I started listening to podcasts and now it is my favorite time to just, you know, connect with a good podcast and walk. I'm almost, you know, kind of bummed if I have to go for a walk with somebody. I love that alone time (laughs) now. (laughs) I love that. But you know what?
1: That's so true is just learning how to spend time alone and by yourself. And again, the parallel to divorce is uncanny because it's the same thing that someone goes through there too. It's like, how do you spend time by yourself and learning how to do that and resisting the urge to like fill it? With, with time fillers and stuff, just because you don't want the pain of sitting by yourself. Was that something that you really had to work at?
0: Yeah, just being okay with being alone, uh, liking to spend time with myself. You know, writing was a big big thing that I uncovered when I went back to even to my high school days, just being able to write in journal, not just even writing a book, might be a blog or just, a you know, my gratitude every morning, having that time yeah. of reflection. At first, I would just sit down with a blank screen or a blank piece of paper and be like, what do I write? But now it's really an enjoy, you know, enjoying process. And I really have yeah. like uncovering that. But it's not like overnight, you just flip a switch. And you're like, Hey, wow, I really like this. It It takes a little bit of practice and some, you know, daily, You know, that morning gratitude, I write down six things every morning to start my day. And that sometimes just sparks, you know, maybe what I want to think about or create to kind of set the tone.
1: Did your husband have the same sort of empty nest feeling that you went through or was it different for him?
0: Nope. (laughs) He was like, (laughs) woohoo. I think, you know, we had a busy household and, you know, he Mm. was the lone male with, you know, seven women for a long time. (laughs) he's a little bit more introverted and I'm a lot more extroverted that he was Mm -hmm. fine with that quiet time. And I don't think he ever really got sad about it. Whereas I was like, I don't know what I'm possibly going to do. And I work from home. So I'm, I'm at home 24 seven. So I look forward to that time where the kids would come in the door or, I would have somebody to talk to other than the dog. So <laughs> he transitioned much easier than I did.
1: Did you find in your research that men just in general had a easier time with the whole empty nest thing?
0: I can't really even speak to that so well, because I spoke mostly to empty nest women. But in the empty nest women that I talked to that were married, yes, it seemed like they said the same thing, that their husbands had a much easier time. And I think another Uh, Something that an empty nester brought up that I talked to is that she was going through menopause about the same time. And so that was something I found interesting. Also, I don't feel like that's probably talked about that hormonally. We're probably going through something very significant about the same time as we're going through this massive life change as well. So that was an interesting perspective.
1: Yeah. So what do you see um, the impact of that on going through what you went were-
0: through? Right. So I think, you know, you're already dealing with a lot of the hormones because it's not that is a, not an overnight process. Mm-hmm. And maybe even in a little bit of denial at that stage of am I really in perimenopause? Am I, where am I at? Like, I don't think I'm as old as I am. And you're, you're kind of doing (laughs) it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like I really can't be going through this and then going through empty nesting, depending what age your kids are, you're kind of like, well, I'm not that old. I can't be possibly, I think it's kind of facing that second part of your life or, you know, thinking I didn't really feel like I was ready to be here yet. So I think it's a combination of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So how do we find your book? Where could we buy it?
0: So my book is on Amazon, so you can find it there. Um, I also have a website, emptyvesting.com. So you can find it either place and always connect with me on social media. I love to inspire and, you know, support other women that are looking to, to challenge themselves in the empty nest or in the second phase of life.
1: Christy, do you have a, a small group coaching program? Because I feel like if you don't, that's maybe the next thing that you need
0: to have. Yes, actually, I am. <laughs> that I'm creating that right now. That will be after the first of the year, if that might be when this is airing. But yes, I am working on uh, some small group coaching that we can do this together for women that are yeah. seeking change.
1: And I think that that's what it all comes down to is like just the connection in the community and saying like, Hey, I'm not going through something alone. And then you bring people together who are going through that same thing. And you can kind of like, maybe you're crying on each other's shoulder. Maybe you're sharing the joy that you've had or something that you've done independently. And I think that it just makes going through anything that you're going through so much better when you have someone to share that with. So my guess is, there's probably not a whole lot of people out there doing that or having something so niche down to that period in your life. So you may be onto something there. so
0: cool. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. I hope we're, uh, like I said, we're in this together and, you know, it was hard for me to find something. So I want to be that person that other people can reach out to.
1: What's your next book? You said you had a few in you.
0: Well, I think my next book, my my intention was to write one on my parenting journey about having six kids in five years and, and quadruplets. So I feel like that's going to be the next book I tackle is is more on a, my motherhood perspective. But who mm-hmm. knows? Ideas come to me all the time. So we'll see.
1: And and you survived, like you had six (laughs) and you survived. You're sitting here, you're like smiling. (laughs) So that's amazing. Christy, thank you so much. I love chatting with you. I think that this was such a great conversation and there's so much value in in people going through this because I think that there's a lot of people and they're struggling and they don't know, you know, how to process what they're feeling because they definitely feel something and they're like, have these weird things around it and whether they should be happy and elated or like sad and depressed. And you're probably have you know a whole version of all of those things. So your book is awesome. Everyone should pick up a copy of it. And of course, all of the links will go in the show notes. So Christy, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after.